Again with another day one Dolphins podcast hosted by your boy Ouch. Follow me on Twitter at YFinsYY. Here with me is my fellow lifelong Miami Dolphins fan, Chief Sut. Throw him a follow on Twitter at Chief Sut. Follow our podcast Twitter at Day One Dolphins to stay up to date. Let's get down to it. What's going on, Sut? Well, I'm feeling better than yesterday. I don't know if Coach told you guys, but I have also entered the concussion protocol. I wish somebody would come in my room and hit me in the head with a bat and put me in the concussion protocol. I thought I'm on the fourth floor. I thought about just kind of leaning over my stairs that are outside and just going head first. Just put me <laughs> in the same boat as QB1, dude. Let's all be in this together. I don't care anymore. Just make it it's stop. It's a good time to bring up. Over a month ago, the Miami Dolphins, they had eight wins. So I, I, checked the, I checked the record today, and they still have eight wins. Wait, hold on. So how many games? <laughs> it's, been, it's, been, it's been over a month, bro. Did been they have over a mind month losing. Yeah, man. Golly, that sucks. A lot. <sighs> yeah, they just it's been very streaky this season, huh? We win three in a row, lose two in a, three in a row, win five in a row, lose four in a row, just like a roller coaster <sighs> yes. ride. Did you see that graphic as well this morning? I saw something that listed all those the other day and said the Dolphins had been very streaky, if that's what you're referring to. Yeah, CBS Sports. Literally 3-0, 0-3, 5-0, 0-4. So, based off of trajectory, exactly. technically, 3-0, 5-0, we're going to go at least on a 7-0 run, which, correct me if I'm wrong, that would be all a minute. I just need three. I just need you to win the Patriots-Jets in the playoff game, and we can reevaluate after that. No, 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 no. After that first playoff game, you only need to win two more. Yeah, we'll talk about that. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. I was about to say, what are we even talking about right now, bro? We're about to line up David Water for the next two weeks. <laughs> Teddy Two Gloves is coming out to play the I'm Patriots. Talking about, I'm talking about Super Bowl stuff like it's a month ago. And I'm talking about, yeah, you know, we win one in California, take Buffalo. I'm ready for Buffalo. And then, you know, take Green Bay. We're resting up for those last two, maybe fighting for home field advantage. Uh, life came at us super fast, bro. Like crazy fast like it's crazy because even when we like win games i remember like watching i don't know jay cutler win a game or brock osweiler come out there a couple years ago and win that game or Tannehill will go on a good streak i still was reluctant to like want to trust it and right. with the streak that tua and the dolphins went on this year i bought in for real i really really fully bought in it was just like nah this is you're seeing power rankings come out, having the Dolphins as a top five team. You're hearing about Super Bowl favorite, contender, whatever talk. You're seeing fans of good teams showing respect. You're seeing fans of good teams scared to play the Dolphins. Like You're seeing Tua as an MVP candidate. 
Oh, so I long mean, ago. what more do I need to be convinced? And then, yeah, it's like they let you climb this giant ladder into the into the clouds, and then Aaron Rodgers just came along, and well, I guess it wouldn't have been Aaron Rodgers; it's whoever the pass rusher was. Just kicked the ladder out, out right out from under your feet. But yeah, the 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 wild part is if you look at the box score. Like minus the interceptions, we were better than them at literally everything. Better receiving yards. I'm not going to say better receiving yards. It sounds ignorant. We had more receiving yards on less catches, so we were more efficient in the pass game. We had a almost a yard and a half difference in yards per carry, yet we rushed it seven times less. We yeah, had that kills double. Me. On Aaron's 24 completions, 222 yards, Tua had 294 yards on 16 completions, double his average. Like Aaron's average was 6.3, Tua's is 12.4. Sacks, both of them took two for 16 yards. Like, brother, we sacked him two times. It was one of the best first halves that quarterbacks probably ever had. And I know it's one of the best, it is the best first half that a Miami Dolphins quarterbacks ever had. All the things that we saw. Yeah. All the glimpses that we saw throughout the season of stuff like, you know, Oh, Waddle almost took that one. You know I mean? One more tackle and he took, he's taking that all the way to the house or, Oh God, Tua! If you didn't underthrow that a little bit, then then Tyreek scoring there or whatever, then whatever when little he... knocks you wanted to make, everything was going right. Everything Actually, was going right. Hater Kohu first career interception on Aaron Rodgers, like the actual goat. Like we were committing pass interference the entire game. They didn't call one of them. I mean, we couldn't have asked for anything more. Really, I just. That first it's, half was like was the MVP quarterback that we were talking about, plain and simple. And good to him, as I like to call him. You have good Tua, and then fourth quarter is the other guy that I talk about, which I like to call bad Tua. And yeah, I hate that because that's is, what Jimmy G. That's what the Niners fans do for Jimmy G. They have good Jimmy, bad Jimmy, and that they've created this like Jackal and Hyde thing with him. It's real. I don't. I don't care. We might not like it. Good Tua is the best quarterback in the league that isn't Patrick Mahomes. Bad Tua is the worst quarterback in the league. Worse than that Russell Wilson embarrassment that I saw on the same day. Like, I'm hoping that we can chalk this up to the concussion. I I, I really want to. I just can't figure out where to draw the line between if that's a coping mechanism or justifiable but i did write this after watching the interceptions that he threw in the game before we knew about the concussion so basically judging him sheerly off of the performance not so much taking into consideration that he may have been concussed during the second half well i can um, ask you you're you're a real to a fan as am i it took a lot, a lot, a lot of stuff for us to even start to think about wavering, as you put it. If Tua even thought, or if he if he was spinning a little bit, if he was seeing double, if he wasn't able to articulate properly, wouldn't it have probably been better for us for him to say that to Coach McDaniel? Like, hey, Coach, I'm not feeling right. I might be 
fucking us up right now? Or do you think he legitimately is so scared of the media and so scared of thinking, fuck, I don't have another concussion. Like, please tell me this isn't real right now. Like, is he too scared to be hurt again to even say it and do what's best for the team? Uh, I don't know if it's like the scared. I think you can relate when you're playing out there on the field, like you're so used to shaking it off. And I guess we can dive right into it about that. Just talk about the concussions in general. And my opinion personally, uh, I mean, people get concussions in football all the time, all the time, more, more than you think. And that you already see it's a lot. Every That's game, a, that every game, every week, like yeah. the Cardinals quarterback played one game. He's concussed. Trace Sorley or wherever. Trace McSorley, yeah. He's concussed. Lamar was concussed earlier. Mason Rudolph's had two concussions this year. Uh, Brandon Cooks is pushing like 15. T. Higgins had two in one one week or whatever. You know, just it happens. And it's not, that's not to defend it and say that it's it's a safe thing or a good thing. Or to say that if you're somebody who's completely against people putting their own brain in harm's way that you feel like you should speak up on behalf of it, I agree. That's that's good for you. But if you're a football fan and you're watching NFL and you're taking into consideration that that is just part of the game, unfortunately, your choices yeah. are like, all right, abolish the NFL or ouch. How much how much money does the lowest paid player in the NFL make? I think like I think it's like a hundred hundred ninety grand or some. Shit. Uh. No, it's actually higher than that. It's closer to like a half a mil a season if you're like a oh, veteran. Oh, it's a 400 minimum. minimum? Yeah. And like rookies, if you're practice squad guys, can be a little bit less. But either which way, these guys know the risks involved. They know it's bigger than concussions. They could snap something in their spine and never walk again. Yeah. They know that they could break something in their finger and it's never going to bend again. These are all things that they know, but they're playing on Sundays at the opportunity for generational wealth. Patrick yep. Mahomes' family for the rest of the Mahomes bloodline is rich forever. And they and love of- it. Don't overlook the fact that like these players are personally willing to do it for the love of the game, for the love no of problem. the sport. I no grew problem. up in Fort Pierce next to a ranch for a hot minute, next to a dude who rode bulls and lost his teeth, was blacked out in a coma for a while, and all he wanted to do was bull ride when he got back up. Oh, it ain't safe. I don't know what to tell you. People are passionate about things, and they're not going to let things get in the way of them wanting to chase down those dreams. Flat out. again, bro. Tell Derwin James one more time that you're going to eject him for hitting people too hard. He's going to do it anyway. I mean, he'll try better next time the best he can, but he ain't giving up on football for it. And I know the receiver that got nailed in the side of the head is looking forward to the next time he's on the field with Derwin James just to be able to put, you know, put on a show. Yep. And, and you're 3000% right, bro. It's passion. Wow. Oh, Andrew, look, he's stepping away from the game. He's so young. Why is he doing it so young? He's still older because, than Tua. And he, he literally, bro, knows all those risks and didn't have the passion to continue. Exactly. It's and no that was longer worth the risk for me. Luke okay. Keekly. Ooh, Dan Morgan. I mean, Dan Morgan, Dan Morgan had like a concussion a week at Miami and then continued that in the NFL. And then it got to a point where it's like, brother, your brain's going to turn into mush. Like, we know you love the game, but there's other things you can do. And 
that's the, I guess, the positive spin on it, that if it starts to get to a point where two is actually going to, you know, need to chill out, he'd make a great OC. He'd be a great QB coach. He, he can do other things. You can still stay involved in the sport without playing but all these people like oh he needs to retire he needs to do this for his body and his yeah shut up you don't know you don't know what's going on all these guys deal with this crap all the time like think about how many concussions these running backs get that go undiagnosed because they're laying under a pile half the time they have a concussion and you can't see them they get up shake their head and they go back to play and like when you're saying shouldn't Tua have talked to the coach about this I mean, that's probably the vibe he's on because a lot of times you do get up and you shake your head and things are normal. You know what I mean? And, and every once in a while, you're probably concussed. I have friend. I know we have mutual friends that played at high schools down the street from us. I remember blacking out the whole second day, having he- ringing headaches for two days and all he could think about Going is, up in class. yeah, I need to get this over with as soon as possible so I can get the playbook back. I can get back on the field. You know, that's all they're thinking. And if Tua no, comes out right. and he decides that he wants to retire, I 100% understand, just like I did with Andrew Luck. But I would be willing to bet a lot of money that's not going to be the case. You don't spend no, your not. entire life playing football, sleeping with a football under your arm. Your whole family is into it too. It's not like you're just the football player of the family. Like his dad's coaching him his whole life. This has been like a you know something leading up to this this moment in his career for so long, I find it hard to believe that he's just going to want to opt out of playing football over two concussions. I mean, he's not the, the thing that sucks is he already is a guy that stays away from social media and all the rest of it. Like it's gotta just be hard week in week out to keep having to bounce back from this stuff and keep being resilient and keep having to be, a guy that has to prove yourself every week and the one quarter or the one time that you don't look perfect and everything that makes you look good makes you look bad everyone wants to turn on you too yeah. like i get that it fourth quarter i get all that's so bad that you overlook how good the first half of that game was the first right. half of that game was like i mean insanity insanely good yep and we could not have asked really... for a better quarterback. And when I say there's no quarterback better than Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen can never do what Tua did in that first quarter. The only other guy I've ever seen that do that in my life was Lamar. That what was it week two versus us when he like didn't even try and we were running cover yeah. zero on him the whole time. Like that was the yeah. only other first quarter, second quarter I've ever seen to that level of perfection. But you're a thousand percent right about maybe he didn't even notice. I'm obviously biased. I've had a couple concussions, and when I've had them, I knew immediately. I blacked out a play, didn't realize that I was sitting up, and was like, "Oh crap! Like, what's going on?" And then you throw <laughs> up, and you're like, "All right, I got a concussion." Yeah, Immediate you threw up. Oh, yeah, on the sideline. Yeah, they're like, "Oh damn, this boy messed up." And then my <laughs> my second <laughs> yeah, one, you definitely <laughs> have a concussion if you're throwing up, buddy. <laughs> My second one, I didn't even come off the field, bro. Like, I ran a couple more plays and then came off on the sideline. And then, you know, you take your helmet off and coach looks at you and you're spaced out. He's like, hey, son, you all right? Yeah, bro, I'm good. Then you watch the film the next day and you're like, man, I made a tackle. Like, yeah. like wow. I, I, didn't, just I like- did not remember that. And then two days later, you feel like you got hit by a freight train and you're throwing up and they're yeah. telling you not to go to sleep. <laughs> you yeah, to yeah, the I'm just paranoid not to go to sleep, even though I really need to go to sleep. I'm so tired, mom. Am I, I going to die? 
this is not okay to be laughing about but we're talking about our it's my life it's my experience i can laugh about me being a a psychotic 13 year old and whatever it was but i love it there's not one regret that i'll ever say about football Uh, yeah i have lower back problems every once in a while i didn't even play d1 i I might not be as smart as i could have been stud you know short-term memory loss hey that might be the pot they'll blame it on something dude like but no cares? i remember i remember being uh, even as a kid kid like when i'm still first getting used to contact i remember getting up and just you're not all there like getting up after a hit you're not all there and you got to try and make it back to your side of the ball and you're like well hopefully i'm back by the time i get back to that side of the ball you know what i mean and yeah um I'm rooting for Tua though, bro. He'll be good no matter what happens. I'm still a fan. I've always loved him. Uh, it took me a second coming out of Alabama to get on board with him because all at Alabama was was him just dominating, and it felt like it was because of the supporting cast. But once it became real that it was either going to be him or Herbert, I had to do a deep dive on both of them. Also, why I can respect Herbert's game, and I can emphatically say that Tua was 50 times the quarterback that Justin Herbert is because he is. But you got to stay upright. You got to save yourself. You got to nickel and dime your way if that's what it takes to just avoid hits and avoid stuff if you know that's what the case is. And it almost seems like he's being hard-headed about it. And he's like, no, no, I'm straight. Like, I got this. And it's like, brother, you don't got this. Like, <laughs> I don't know I, what play it was, but I do know that he was not taking checkdowns. He never takes checkdowns. He does not take the easy throws. I don't know if it's because the media's picked on him so much. I don't know if it's because he's trying to hit 300 yards. Like, I don't know what it is. I know if you're so used to Mike McDaniel being correct about your first read that you're just starting to pull the trigger, like without doing your own mental dissection of the defense or whatever it is. But I did write, um, late that night or maybe the day after Christmas a bunch of stuff before we knew that Tua was concussed I had written about the game and this is like the most I'd ever been as far as wavering on Tua I think all of us were um, had to at that point with re- with all due respect you can't actively defend him as much as we defend him and not be realistic sometimes yeah. Otherwise, you're just an ignorant, crazy Dolphins fan like they all try to imagine that we are. Like, yeah, well, they make you out to be, you know, a guy that fo- would follow Tua and root for Tua for every team he goes to and not just a Dolphins fan. But Yeah, exactly. What I wrote was, uh, Tua was never a guy whose ceiling was going to be attainable short term. If he's ever great, it's going to be because he's had years to grow reading defenses and becoming a savant-style QB like Drew Brees or dare I say Tom Brady did, but not being able to read some of the simplest reads in all of football, he struggles reading this same high-low concept, and he seems to rely on his gut instead of processing what he's seeing. Sometimes he tunnel visions on a read he thinks is going to be open based on either Mike McDaniel or past successes of the same play call, so when defenses are disguising a coverage, he ends up throwing it directly at them. Three interceptions in the second half of the game. Interception one was your typical mistake that I can live with personally as a fan, as a critical fan, as, you know, a football fan. Um, I've seen Jimmy G do it all the time. I've seen Kirk Cousins do it plenty of times. I've seen just, it happens. You're throwing these 
wildly accurate passes about 10 yards away from you all game. And one of them is, you know, a foot too high and a foot too far behind the receiver. And it ends up getting picked. Um, I can live with that one. Interception two. Raheem Mostert's running a route. He's the hot. He is... He has an option with this route. If the safety stays over top of him, he's supposed to stop his route and turn around, either sit or have a little hook there or whatever, and expect for the ball there. If the safety's not and the safety bites on something, then Raheem Mostert's supposed to keep running and go for like the the kill shot. You know what I mean? Well, right. the safety stayed, and Raheem just kept running towards the safety, and that's a mental error on his part. And Tua goes to throw it, knowing he sees the safety. Tua throws it, assuming Mostert's going to sit, and he doesn't, and it ends up going right into a linebacker's hands. I can live with that <laughs> one as well. So much Inter- assuming, though, bro. Like, assuming assuming this guy's going to move, assuming this guy runs the right route, assuming, like, that's five assumptions. Like, sometimes you actually got to sit there and look at the game, though. He, like... You can't just live and die by the assumptions. Look at what's happening in front of you. I mean, you're working as a team, though. Like, you have to know that there's rules as to what changes for your route combination based on what you're seeing real time. The doll, I mean, the quarterback's seeing it real time as well. So he's saying, Raheem's going to see this safety. I see the safety. Throw it three seconds before he's about to turn around because I know he's about to turn around, and then Raheem doesn't turn around, even though that was his job. So just yeah, everyone has to do their job at the same time, and Raheem lacked and didn't do his job right there, and it made it harder. I mean, after the after the game was over, Raheem even unprompted said that it was his fault, that one. Um, that wasn't the greatest game for him, but we'll get on that after this. Uh, interception number three. Looked like Tua expected the corner to stay with Tyreek Hill on the under route. Uh, Razul Douglas faked that he was going to run in the uh, um, with him for a little bit. It wasn't very long. And then it looked like Tua locked in on Mike Kosicki. Situationally, we had zero timeouts. And it was about a minute and a half left on the clock. He's trying to hit Mike Kosicki and get him out of bounds. Razul Douglas barely fakes to cover Tyreek. And then just backs off him, leaving Tyreek completely open. And... Bates Tua into biting on this throw um, on a do-or-die drive in a do-or-die ball game. I understand expecting the defender to co- not expecting the defender to completely come off of the most dangerous player on the field and Tyree Kill, except when you factor in the situation that it's under two minutes with zero timeouts. Mm-hmm. And for you to not expect a zone team to play a cover-two zone of some sort and protect the boundaries knowing that they know we don't have any timeouts and is under two minutes is a, is a major red flag situational awareness in that situation, not being able to do that in your third season is a major red flag. If yep. Tua knew the coverage that they were running as the play unfolded and still wanted to throw it to Mike Gesicki, he wouldn't have lobbed it all soft like that. He would have attempted to layer it and throw it towards the boundary out of bounds where only Mike could have gotten it. And then maybe he would have been able to stop the clock. But because he didn't even try that and he tried to throw it straight at him tells you that he did not read the coverage. First two interceptions I can live with. He didn't even, there was no touch on the pass whatsoever. He wasn't trying to put it into a spot. He he was just, I'm jet this 
there because since i put my eyes this way this defender is going to move this way and it is going to open up mike like yep he just he just knew it from before the play even started and when none of that happened we got what we got i just think he didn't actually read the defense and there's no way to me the first two interceptions i can live with but those are the types of inconsistencies that make it harder to imagine that two is going to develop into the type of savant that breeze was, you know, that third interception was like Zach Wilson damning. That was like, you have no idea what you're doing out there. And at the time, so I'm thinking this is where I'm wavering. I'm thinking this is the, this is probably top three worst to interceptions and just overall like inexcusable type to lose the game off of it. And so I'm wavering thinking, wow, some of these people that have been calling me a clown are probably right. Come to find out, the kid was concussed for that interception. Come to find out that Mike McDaniel actually wanted him to check in with the doctors. He said everything, He basically in so many words, I'm not going to put words in his mouth, but what it sounded like he said was that he saw things on the tape that were so uncharacteristic of Tua that he was concerned. So let's right. leave it at that. Yeah, because Tua's, again, we talk about how it's anticipation and timing and reading coverages and all the things that he is Peyton Manning, Andrew Luck, Dan Marino level at. All of it went out the window. Oh, yeah. See you later. Like, all of it in that fourth quarter. Like... Which you can't you can't have it when you're already undersized. You're not running a, a four five four six like Fields and these other guys. You don't have an absolute rocket launcher attached to your shoulder. Yep. If you don't have all that, you got to do what you do very well. Perfect. And you need to be perfect. You need to you need to be like I said. You have to be a football savant. You have to be one of the best of the best and getting better every single game at reading defenses, understanding coverages, understanding the situation in the game, knowing what to take when and why. What's crazy is he's almost like a like a little kid that's like in a grade higher than what he should be in because he's too smart for the kids in his grade. Sometimes it looks like he's playing down to the defense. And I think instead of trying to learn coverages and learn reads. I think two of these last couple of years already knew all of that coming into the league. What he's learning is what he can get away with and what he can't get away with. And some of these games, he tries to get away with stuff that, yeah, he might've got away with it at Alabama, but zero times out of a 100, are you going to get away with it in the league? And hopefully that fourth quarter and everything we've seen in these bad two moments, he watches on films. He corrects. He never lets it happen again because he, he is just, a guy that we know watches film and does get better. So if he keeps trying to get away with this dumb stuff, he's going to hopefully retain that he can't get away with it and never try it again. But yeah, I just think that that's the hope. <laughs> I think, I think too is a great quarterback. I really do. But I think that there's something along the lines that has, that has influenced him to just, want to be a superhero sometimes and we talk about it all the time Nick Saban's talked about it every injury to has ever gotten has pretty much derived from him trying to do too much and yep whether it's holding on the ball too long so you get sacked 
um, holding on to the ball too long so that you get strip sacked, uh, trying to shot put the ball towards somebody and it getting intercepted, trying to throw across your body on the run, knowing damn well you're not Dan Marino, you're not Josh Allen, you're not Patrick Mahomes. He, the kid's got heart, man. That's what it is. And he, he, how many times have we seen him throw the ball away? I've seen almost every quarterback I've ever watched for any level of consistency throw the ball away more times than I've seen Tua do it. I mean, it's, it's comical. You can, you can line up his game film versus any quarterback in the league, good, bad, mid, and he holds on to it significantly longer than all of them. And he tries he to make these miraculous plays. No. And it, it's like, bro, okay, I get, I get that, that you're a tough Samoan and you're not afraid of that. But bro, our whole franchise, our whole fan base, there's a lot of money on you staying healthy. Every single time you take one extra little hit, one extra little thing, you don't throw the ball away. It's nickel and diming on your, I guess, your NFL lifespan. Guys like Josh Allen, yeah, they'll tuck it and run and drop their shoulder and do all this crazy stuff. But he is very good about throwing the ball away. And every time he yep. plays us, all he does is check the ball down. So yep. he does those things like it's 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 helps his longevity. You're not going to have any longevity trying to be a hero like this every play, bro. Yep. Like. It can't happen. Cam Newton couldn't do it. And he is six foot five, 260 pounds. Like, you gotta you see can't. the strength in throwing the ball away. You have to you see the I'll strength in being able to go through your reads and understand I can't make everything happen on my own, even though the entire fan base is clamoring for it to be that way. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go down to the first day of training camp. And I'm going to recite the scene from Finding Nemo. Remember when Nemo went and touched the butt and Marlon yelled at him? I think you so. think you can do these things, but you just can't, Nemo. Yeah. That's what you I'm going to bring down to Tua. You should do just take the scene and then just put like text over the screen for a meme and just put like Tua and then put like me as the coach. Literally, <laughs> bro. We'll, we'll figure it out, but I'm going to grab him and I'm going to shake him. And I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Stop. Don't shake him. Don't shake him. He's tough, remember? He's not going to have a concussion. Brain might rattle around in there. Yeah, nah, nah. That's my dude. He can take a shake and he's a tough kid. That's what I'm saying, bro. Like Tua. You think you can do these things, but you just can't, Emo. Like, throw the ball away, dude. Like, and it'd be one thing if he was like Jalen Hurts or Kyler. Or I'll even give it to Pat Mahomes because Pat Mahomes will overstretch. And if it's third and four, he'll get six. He'll slide and get six. Tyler hurts. All these guys, they can get you that extra yard. When Tua goes to take off on third and four, this man falls forward and doesn't get the first down. Like, you think you can that. do these things, but you just can't, Nemo. It was close enough. No, it wasn't. I mean, <laughs> yeah. get it afterwards? <laughs> Yes, but still, like, come on. Why are we even do that? The next play nah, call should be a first it. down shot. You got to set me up fourth and one minimum. If you do that, it's it's I can accept it. Do you remember a couple years ago when Kenny Skills, Kenny Stills, it was like a, it was like a third and twenty five, and Kenny Stills runs twenty four yards and then slides because he doesn't want to get hit, and we don't convert. Yep, I remember that. As long I was as we ready don't to do trade that, him right we're there. good. And that's the thing. Tua's not going to slide. 
he's gonna drop he's... his shoulder or do his little shake shake hip move or like that boy is shake be... move is cooked boy we know we know oh, all about that oh, one two move you got man. a little side to side action <laughs> that's, it. that's all he's got like his right stick's broken like he's trying <laughs> to like do something but it, it don't got it all the way like Come on, bro. I'm not asking for much. I'm not asking you to be Lamar. And every time a defender lines up one on one, he's praying that he can get you down. Like, you don't need to be all that. But the stuff that you do well, brother, just do that well. At least do it decent. Because when you do it excellent, we're unstoppable. When you do it well, we're very hard to stop. When you do it decent, we're pretty damn good. And we can beat most teams. Like, you can't we can't revert we can't have that stuff and at least this week it's new england we're familiar with new england correct me if i'm wrong tua still hasn't lost to belichick right he hasn't but it's gonna be teddy bridgewater playing this one you know so isn't that ironic um if we were to move on from tua we got a good 33 minutes in on him uh and talk about some of the people in the game that you think played a good game, played a bad game. I mean, we could start. Raheem Mostert played an awful game for the yeah, most part. Uh, I'm mad at him. Ruining. Heem, if you're listening to this, you had some really big plays early on. And while uh, Zach, our main Zach in the group chat, had already given up on the team 12 seconds in, I'm like, hey, man, at least we got Heem. At least we got this other stuff going for us. Like, who cares about a kick return that almost got housed on the opening play? Raheem was embarrassing. I don't care. You looked good in the first little part of the game, but then I don't, I don't know what happened. Buffalo, you're breaking arm tackles and stiff arming people and carrying them an extra 15 yards. And then you're lightly giving that up and running wrong routes. Like we can't be this inconsistent boys. Like it's not right. It's not fair. And it doesn't make any sense. I love Raheem, but that was unacceptable. I would say not too many other guys, in my opinion, had a bad game. Besides the guy we talked about for 30 minutes, as well as Heem. I mean, I could talk about how bad Clayton Fledulum is every single day, but what's that even going to do anymore? Like, I mean, I I don't even know why that they put him on the field on defense, Clayton Fledulum, because they had no choice almost. Yep. And he immediately Paused cost a us a touchdown versus the Bills. And then... This game, he didn't play any defensive snaps, I don't think. But no, he, he played, played one. Oh, did he? Yep. How'd that turn out? Uh, he graded out in rush defense at a sixty on PFF. So Good. he must have made a tackle or yeah, must have made a stood in the right spot. Tackle. Uh, <laughs> But on special teams, he was almost single-handedly the re- person that got blocked out of the way to cause that long kick return. And I'd love to talk about that, too. I'm sitting next to my girlfriend watching this game. Shout out to Sydney. First kick to the, to the Packers. And I'm saying, all right, all week I've heard about this guy being one of the most dangerous kick returners in the league. So obviously we're going to kick it away from him or kick it through the end zone. I'm explaining to her why you do that. I'm talking to her about Jakeem Grant and how in the past a couple times we'd seen people kick it through the end zone to not chance Jakeem having a chance to run it back because of how often he does it. I'm like, this guy does that. The week prior to our game, Matt LaFleur, the Packers head coach, is talking about 
playing the Rams the week prior. And he says that playing the Rams is the first time that he ever played against another team or saw a team that he coached have the other team purposely kick the ball away from a kick returner. They're so scared of him. So I'm like, all right, enough said. I've heard enough about it. Don't kick the ball to this guy. Obviously, Mike must have heard about it. Danny Crossman, our special teams coach, probably knows, you know, all well what's about, you know, that this guy is dangerous. Don't do it. What do they do, Sut? What do they do as I'm saying this to her? I believe they kicked it straight to him. Straight to him. Clayton Fedgelm gets blocked out of the way, spinned around like an idiot. This dude runs it for, I don't know, 85, 94 yards. Okay, 94-yard return. And bless, bless Campbell, one of our practice squad DBs, for running him down and tackling him because we did hold them to three points there. Mm-hmm. But why? Why do I know? Why do I know and why am I paranoid about this guy being able to kick or return the ball for a touchdown and be a be a threat like that, but they don't. As apparently, Danny Crossman is another guy on the Miami Dolphins staff that's being paid to not do anything. He should have been and, fired three weeks ago. Yeah, he should have. He been should fired. have been fired after the Ravens game. Thank you. After Duvernay housed us and didn't make it, didn't even look hard, and he almost housed another one that game too. Didn't even look hard, just running Where's basic the, stuff. Riz, man, Rizzo. What? We need Coach uh, Rizzo back. Uh, Darren Rizzi. I think Darren he has. Rizzi. I think he has like a straight up DC position somewhere or something. Like he's he's straight. He don't need us. Man, I need right, him. Right now, he's a special team coordinator for the Saints. Actually, yeah, that's where he left us to go to. He's still there. Yeah, bro, pull up. What are you talking about? But uh. I feel like Fledulum, the whole deal with him was that he was a special teams ace and like team captain because he was so good on special teams. I have never seen it the whole time we've had him. I've never, never seen some crazy. Wow. Damn. Slayton got down there real fast. Like, you know, Crossing, Peter Kohu, uh, Sam Agbovan, Raekwon Davis. I can name a million other guys that have made special teams plays. I have not seen one Clayton's entire career. All he's been is a liability. He is the stiffest player I have ever seen running in an NFL game. And on that play that he got blocked on this kickoff return, he's running super stiff, looking like a like an old style twelve bit video game character. Now you know what he looked like? And you then ever seen an iRobot when they're running straight towards you? Bro, I was really running like that, like like the arms super tough. Yeah. And then as soon as you bump him a little bit, it's like, oh, wait, got to stop completely. Turn all the way around. Yeah, my grip's about me. (laughs) Right back. Like, get that sorry ass off my team. 39 minutes, 23 seconds. That's the second time I cussed. The other one was eight minutes and 30 seconds. But second time, I got like nine written down over here already. (laughs) (laughs) They've they've been sliding, whatever. But I want to let's talk positivity. Can I talk about the same guy that I talk about every single week that I bought his jersey like the first season in because I'm so obsessed with him and he's literally the best defensive lineman in the NFL right now? I think he is the best defensive lineman, interior defensive lineman in the NFL. I think I think Name if he one plays, you, I think I can't, but if you you have to unfortunately do this for like two years straight for people to give you your recognition. Like I don't think Aaron Donald was getting hyped up until he had done it with some level of consistency. And I truthfully right. believe Christian Wilkins will continue to do it. But man, 
What a single-game performance. I mean, he was doing almost everything himself. Again, we talked about it in the Bills game, how, you know, let's give some props to some guys who we thought, like, really played to win this game, like, really did their best. And Christian Wilkins, this game versus the Packers, oh, Dude. my God. I don't think I've ever seen that. Ever. An interior defensive ever. lineman do something like that. Ever. Play after play after play after play, bro. And it, and it doesn't matter what's going on. He's pressuring. Hands up, sack, Mm -hmm. pressure. So these are just his tackle totals over the last four games. To put it in perspective, anyone that's really been watching the games has clearly seen how much of an impact he has every game. This Green Bay game was the least amount of tackles he's had in the last month. San Fran, he had 12 total, seven solo, five assists. Uh, Chargers, nine total, six solo. Buffalo, six total, four solo, and then five total on this one with three solo. Like, he is on every play. You know what I like about Christian Wilkins? Is that... Everything? (laughs) Well, just specifically, when he wins and he's going to get a sack, it is so explosive that the quarterback doesn't have time to react. You see them panic. They shake, dude. Because it it happens so fast. He's closing the gap so fast that there's no like, oh, we're getting pressure almost to him. He has time to adjust. And then you take the quarterback down. It's not like that. It's not like a delayed over two, three seconds where like, is he going to get him? Is he going to get him? Oh, he got him. It's not one of those. With Christian Wilkins, he goes down, set, hike, boom, sack. Like that's it. There's no preparing for it. Well, we saw most of this Packers game, the pocket immediately moves. And now, instead of you being able to just sit and chill and pick apart the defense, you're running to your left, running to your right. Aaron's having to make throws like jumping off his tippy toes, like putting Which it over. Which he like, did, and some of them were amazing. God, he's mean, nailing them. He, that, but that's what Christian, Christian Wilkins single-handedly was forcing him to do. There were plays where Chubb showed up. Jalen Phillips has been showing up. Like They're getting there. They're not finishing any of these sacks, but they're you know getting some pressure. Christian Wilkins is straight up making you he's he's changing how these quarterbacks play he's i feel everybody's gonna be able to do what aaron Rodgers did that game and run opposite of his throwing arm and jump backwards off one foot and throw an absolute dime when it's like a pretty well covered wide receiver uh, you well, gotta yeah. give him his credit. There's not a lot of quarterbacks in the league that are gonna be able to do that. I, I saw some throws that were just. Think back just to the to Chargers game, bro. Him. On the plays where he was up similar and he blows the pocket up on Herbert, he didn't do any of that. They punt the ball away, or he sacks him, like yep. straight up. It literally takes a guy on Aaron Rodgers' level to be able to get around that stuff. It literally takes a guy on Josh Allen's level. Name one player that Josh Allen's played this year that gives him more of a headache, gets under his skin, and physically just annoys him more than Christian Wilkins every Nobody. single time. It's because Christian no, Wilkins is it. grabbing his balls. <laughs> Hey, but you saw in the first game, he tried to like rub his nuts on Christian Wilkins and Wilkins was like, yo, get off me. And it kept going back and forth with them. Like, bro, they truly don't like each other. And as much as ESPN wants to crown Josh Allen and be all on I his truly balls, don't like, like Josh Allen. Not anymore. I, I loved him coming out. Loved him early on. Now it's just like, you guys got to chill. And he as a person needs to chill. Yeah, I He's going like to get humble. 
Christian humbles him every time they play, but he just doesn't I like win. Stephon Diggs as a person, not Josh yeah. Allen. Yeah, Diggs is chill. I, I really don't mind most of their team, bro. He just sucks. Yeah. I like yeah. I like Von Miller. I like to Greg do, To cry to the media and cry to the referees and like try to be like, he grabbed my balls at the bottom of the pile. He's disgusting. He should be fined. I don't want to play like this. It's sexual harassment or whatever. Like, and then go and do the exact same thing in the game that you're complaining about to other players. Get out of here, bro. Were you Stop familiar with, with the concept of nut rubbing? With face masks in football? <laughs> yeah, I was. I never did it because I was the smallest guy on the field. Well, same. But my biggest thing was crackbacking. And if I crackbacked you or if I caught like a linebacker or a safety slipping and I had the opportunity to rub nuts, I'm rubbing my nuts. And for any listeners, all that means is once you get the pancake, like you actually block this guy onto his back, you crawl across him, you know, like a baby. That way your balls rub against his whole face mask, his visor. It's called really nut rubbing. Josh Allen did that to Christian Wilkins after a run play the first time we played them. And Christian got up in his face after that one. Josh Allen looked to the ref and tried to get a flag on Christian. Yeah. He's at, a that real... mo- at that moment, I could have drone down to the game and rushed the field and punched that little p- straight in the face. It's yeah, all good, though. I'm telling you, if it takes another season, whatever it takes, Christian Wilkins will personally humble Josh Allen. It doesn't matter. I don't care if he's underrated. I don't care if he doesn't make all pro. He doesn't make anything else. He's going to get his hands on Josh Allen one or two times, and Josh Allen is going to feel it. And I think it's starting to get to the point where Christian Wilkins takes over those games himself. We just need the offense to show up and meet him halfway because... Josh Allen doesn't beat us in those games anymore. Like if we could have maybe a linebacker spy, like how Channing Tindall was supposed to originally and run the defense properly. Cool. But with Chubb getting him to run one way, Phillips getting him to run one way. And then Christian Wilkins basically taking away the middle of the pocket and pushing it up on Allen's feet. Like we can take them. It's not like how it was going into the season where it seemed like a big deal. Like, nah, we match up pound for pound as long no, as our offense is healthy. Run. They're, yeah, they're, just, like, they're gonna get exposed by a, if they if they play a team with a good run game, they're gonna be in trouble in the playoffs. But yep, um, you know who I saw? I was happy to have Eric Rowe back, but this game that he had reminded me so much of two years ago, Eric Rowe versus the Kansas City Chiefs in 2020. And okay. that same year against the Raiders, Eric Rowe was tasked with Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller on those two games. Now, watching the game, Eric Rowe is on these dudes like a blanket. I mean, Eric Rowe got a damn sack pinned on them. I mean, there's there's nowhere to throw the ball without Eric Rowe being involved in it. That's how tight coverage he is on these two tight ends in these games. But. Patrick Mahomes and, you know, even Derek Carr made a couple things happen where it was more Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey both being great. And no matter how close Eric Rowe is, he just, they catch it anyways. It is insanely great coverage. You can't even be mad at Eric Rowe, but they still catch it. Darren Waller, same thing, making absolute insane circus catches in that game. Well, this game, Eric Rowe does have this blanket coverage on these receivers. Um, 
Lazard being one of them one time, and I think Watson, he had one other time. And it's just he doesn't even turn around to play the ball. You're right there. You're right there. You're do, you, like those, those were mm-hmm. two huge completions this game where it looked like he was in position to play the ball, turns around, looks, knows the ball is coming, and then just allows it to be completed anyways. What are you running 50 yards down the field connected to this receiver's hip for if you're not going to try and stop the pass from being completed? Just to I make Aaron Rodgers uncomfortable because he doesn't care. Yeah, no, nah, not at all. I think as weird as it sounds, it has to be something in his head. Remember when we brought him in, he played corner and he was just getting bullied every play. And then we move him to safety and he can just erase a tight end. So maybe in his head, when I'm lined up on a tight end, I can play a little bit more free. I don't have to think as much because I'm probably more athletic than this guy. But when he is lined up on an actual wide receiver, he might freak himself out. Oh, shoot. I got to keep up on my gut. I got to keep up. I got to make sure I don't do this. I don't want to. He was there. He just didn't do anything uh, to stop it. That's got to be in your head because you know better. You do better when you're on tight ends. But what when we put you on receivers, you just can't do it all of a sudden. It's weird, but it is true. And we saw it. That was one of the, I guess, best things Flo did do for us was moving row to safety because that yeah. was a G code move and it worked. But obviously we moved him to safety because he just can't guard wide receivers one on one, even if he runs step for step for, with them. There's no logic to it besides maybe in his head, you know, the athletic thing that I just thought of off the top of my head, but I hope it's not that because that's pretty dumb. Um, two other things. Uh, Alec Ingold with major hit goal line when we score with that Jeff Wilson uh, rush. It was awesome. I mean, he's, I don't know if you see that clip going around, but he shoves this mm-hmm. dude like four feet backwards. He goes flying. But Launch him. he did he injure his him. hand. He is Damn, on that cast. play? Um, probably, but I can't confirm that. But he's wearing a cast. Uh, Chubb came out of the game on a play where he should have warranted a holding call against the Packers, but didn't. He was basically in a chokehold trying to get around, and somehow his hand got broken. He comes back out and wearing a club, you know, just a big round cast around his hand. So he's playing with one hand. So now we got both of them have been put into a cast for this past game. Don't Don't. know if either of them are going to play. Don't know what to expect. But, yeah, there's that. Um, Aside from that, I think injury-wise, everybody was okay. Armstead had a couple oopsies, but for the majority of the game, played typically well like he does. Brandon Shell had a couple absolute lapses at right tackle mentally, which caused some big pressures and a couple sacks on Tua. Um Mike Kosicki got his first catch, which feels like in like a month. Um, almost got two if Tua didn't concuss him way out, concuss his way into a interception. But I don't, <laughs> I don't, I don't think Kosicki's going to be around much longer. It's not looking like he kind of signaled it in that was it the Bills game after he was mic'd up and. Uh... He was talking to Dawson Knox like, yo, man, glad to see they paid you and that they're using you. Like, yeah, that's fire. Like, bro, he's so gone. He clearly wants to be somewhere where, like, he's involved. He deserves it. I, I'm with it. But to be I real. I love that guy, but he deserves it. He's, he's just ain't working out here. It is what it is. I can love you on a different team, but uh, I'd love you to see don't him on the Packers. Block. Yeah. 
go wherever, bro. Go to Seattle. Go anywhere where they want to utilize you, whatever you want. But I'm sick of seeing him lined up as the like we ran like that twin set and we ran a wide receiver screen where he basically has to like block a guy head up and hold that block till the receiver can catch the ball and make his move up field. And yeah. those are always blown up. I don't even know why we even try. It doesn't matter until who we have out there. We are the worst screen football team in the league. To, I uh, no doubt. Absolute no doubt in my mind. We can't. I don't even know what he keeps calling these screens for. They, every one of them gets blown up. It's frustrating. Yeah. It's it's dumb. And we don't run straight up halfback screens. They're all these stupid wide receiver like quick screens that legitimately never work. They look like a product of the flow offense from yes. you know, years past. Dare I say we had more worked. success with those? Yeah, but we were just calling them in our back into our own red zone and like every single oh, yeah. third down and like eh, eh, there's a time and a place, you know, there's a time and a place for every single thing that we do on offense, but we could be doing a lot better. It is what it is. Just beat the Patriots this week, man. Like we'll be back with another episode about the Patriots. Just wanted to cover a good hour's worth of this grueling loss to the Packers. The score wasn't too far away from what we predicted it was going to be. It just ended up being a win for the opposite team. And despite what it looked like with the complete meltdown in the fourth quarter, it was a relatively close game. Um, our defense didn't play as bad as some people would make you believe they did. We got all, I mean, the Packers started their first entire first quarter every time they touched the ball was on their side of the field. And the defense still held them to like two field goals. Oh yeah! Before we leave, I, we forgot to include in that Danny Crossman, uh, our special teams coach. Why did we kick the ball five yards at the second at second possession for the Packers? Yeah. Why are we giving onside so kick? You, you've said it a hundred times that we're probably very limited with what we can do defensively on our play calling. Why are we giving one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time a short field in the second quarter? Because he up? just he just had short fields, so you said, "Oh, that works. Let's give it to him again." Like I have no idea. I have Let's no idea. Let's just hold idea. him to a field goal again because if we give him the whole field, he'll probably score a touchdown. When they kicked that, <laughs> like my girlfriend was looking at me and and I was speechless. You know me; I am rarely speechless. I got plenty to say about anything, anytime. I didn't know what to say. I was just staring at the screen with my mouth open. We're 10 minutes into the football game, and you just kicked an onside kick, which they easily recovered. Easily. Like, minimal effort required. Mind-blowing. Like, like how... I, you think you're outsmarting everybody to that extent? I, yes. But, like, Crossman sucks, dude. Like, I does. don't feel like that was even his call. If he's coaching for his job, he cannot make that call right there. Like, I guess I will say, though, on that fake punt that we blew up that was sick because Raekwon Davis single-handedly blew that up by himself he stayed at home he read that it was a run play and he just pushed forward and then they looked like they didn't have any real offensive linemen out there it was their regular punt team that was so sick because like, that's the definitely the type of play that we would see miss converted on. yeah <laughs> so I was very happy about that so let's say negative 100 points for Crossman plus 10 points for that play right there. So you're still failing, but 
uh, wrap it up now and we'll be back to talk about Teddy Bridgewater and company leading us to a game against the New England Patriots, which has very, very heavy implications on whether or not the Miami Dolphins make it to the playoffs. Um, probably later this week, maybe like a little Friday or depending on how much time we have, a little last minute Saturday morning kind of thing, prep you on all the stats. Um, anything else you want to add, Sut? I mean, I believe in Teddy B. I think if we come out with a solid plan and he has a week of prep, we should be good. Hopefully the concussion spotter just doesn't take him out on the first play again. Um, now that everyone's going to be rallying the troops around concussion awareness. But uh, make sure Skyler's prepped. Let's go in. It's handled Bill Belichick. And if that, I feel like if we can just win that game, Geno Smith has our back. We'll be punching our ticket on Sunday. We'll be big chilling the following week. Jets don't even matter. And we get after it. Let's do it. 10-4. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at YFinsY. Follow Chief Sut at Chief Sut. Follow the podcast at Day One Dolphins. If you're really really looking for more podcasts to listen to and that's what you do and you've been checking us out check out our family at the pro football pod over here they did a good episode on the dolphins being cursed and i haven't listened yet but i'm gonna listen today i hope they included the fact that they built the stadium on an ancient indian burial grounds and were cursed for life until next week fins up hopefully bounce back fins for the win please i need it my heart hurts. Miami has a dolphin, the greatest football team. We drink the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, cause we're the Miami Dolphins. Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Get rid of Miami Dolphins.